1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 23. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Christ Jesus. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who is called, he who has called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him, Father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, Conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Having purified your souls by obedience to the truth, for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly, from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding Word of God. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So one of my favorite movies in the last several years is Pixar's Inside Out. Has anybody ever seen Inside Out? I love Inside Out. I watch it several times. Every time I watch it, I see something new, and every time I watch it, I feel that it affects me in a different place in my life. So, for instance, you know, when Bing Bong fades away on the inside, it coincides with Riley getting on the bus. As she steps onto the bus and loses her childhood innocence, Bing Bong is erased from her core memories. It's apparent right here when you know what they're saying in that, right? Parents who know their kids are growing up, the loss of childhood, the loss of such an innocence, right? It hits you right here when you see that in the movie. It makes me cry every single time. Anyway, Inside Out has these five emotions going from the, the left to the right. Can we name them? I think that's anger is the short red one, right? Anger. Um, disgust is green. Disgust. Um, Of course, everybody knows joy, right? Joy is is the primary. We all like joy. Um, And then we have, who's the purple? Nervous? Fear, 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 yes, fear. And then last we have sadness, yes. Simplistic look at our emotions, how we're controlled by the inside. But it reveals something deeper in all of us, something that we all struggle with that we struggle inside, and this movie sort of brought to life that internal struggle of what's going on inside of us. Peter's letter is concerned about what is happening inside 
each and every one of us, something happening inside of us. So his first words are to direct us to our own core, our own core makeup, our own core memories, if you will. He says in verse 13, Therefore, preparing your minds for action, being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Another translation reads, Discipline yourselves, focus on Jesus. I like that, disciplining yourselves. Verse 14, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. The idea that passion can lead to ignorance. That we should not act in our old ways, but in new ways of thinking and living. And then verse 15 and 16. Verse 15 and 16, he writes this. But as he who has called you is holy... You also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Our family has been working our way slowly through the Old Testament. We got bogged down in Judges right now and and judges is kind of a slog to get through but we're in judges right now and every single time things go great things go bad and it happens all the time Israel finally makes headway and it's becoming a nation and they're growing and doing well and then they lose sight of the Lord and just go back to their old ways and something bad happens again Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Every chapter begins with, again, Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord every single time. Like they just can't help themselves, right? They, they're going great, everything's going well, and all of a sudden we're just going to go back to our old ways. Old habits, old ways of being, no matter how many times we're punished, no matter how many times we're scolded, no matter how many times we repent, no matter how many times we're restored, no matter how many times, it just won't change how we live. We're just going to go back to our old habits and do what we want to do. So Peter's call from the Old Testament is actually found in Leviticus, in the Levitical law in Leviticus 11. If you go back to the Leviticus law, Peter's quoting from Leviticus 11 44 through 45, for I am the Lord your God, consecrate yourselves therefore and be holy for I am holy. You shall not defile yourselves with swarming things that crawls on the ground, the swarming things that crawl on the ground. For I am the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy for I am holy. He repeats himself. Now, the Levitical law is concerned with cleanliness, cleanliness, what is clean and what is unclean, what is good and what defiles a person. The holiness code in Leviticus covers everything from the Ten Commandments to what you eat to how you sew a patch on your jeans if it comes off. For instance, did you know that you, yes, you can eat a grasshopper, according to the holiness code, but you can't eat a beetle. So if you ever wanted to try a bug, go for the grasshopper, not the beetle. 
The Holiness Code also references how you can treat a skin rash, dealing with mildew, something we all have to worry about, right? The treatment of strangers, the length or the hem of a priest's robe, should it touch the ground or just slightly touch the ground. But there's a reason for all these different laws. There's a reason about why there's these all these laws in Leviticus. It's not about the external rules that seem redundant and pointless. The call is this, you shall be holy as I am holy. This is what God is saying. You shall be holy because I am holy. If you go back to 1 Peter 13 again, preparing your minds for action. What Peter's writing here in the the King James Version has such a better translation of this. It says, gird up the loins of your mind. Does anybody know how you gird up your loins? No? You would take your robe and you would stick it in your belt. You would take your robe and stick it in your belt in it so you could run. So girding up your loins is taking your robe and sticking it in your belt. Now, this shows your legs, right? So, but this is the image that, that Peter is using. It's a physical image. It's, it's about you need to do something physically, rolling up your sleeves and getting to work. You need to do something physically about rolling up your sleeves and getting to work. But here's the thing. Peter is telling us to roll up the sleeves in our mind and get to work here and here. The battle is here, right? Not out there. I think this is where so many of us go wrong. We think the battle is external when the battle is internal. And Peter is saying, you've got to fight the battle here first. The battle is happening inside of you. You see, one of the key characteristics that makes God holy, that we are to be holy as God is holy, one of the key characteristics that makes God holy is there is no contradiction between who God is at His divine core and how He acts and speaks, right? There's no contradiction in God. God never thinks one thing but does another. That's something we do, right? Something we do, we feel like we have to do something. I have to do this. I have to go to this because I'm supposed to, right? We feel like we have to do something. This is not how God is. God doesn't feel like he has to do something because God is always like that. Holiness is not an external action. It's an internal motivation. Let me say that again. Holiness is not an external action. You can't work your way to holiness. Holiness is an internal motivation. Unless it comes from here, it's not real holiness. If our holiness is supposed to mirror God's own holiness, it must come from within our core. Not be doing something we don't want to do because it's the right thing to do. That's not holiness. 
as Jesus talks about the holiness code in Mark 7, 15, he says, there's nothing outside a person that by going in can defile him, but the things that come out of a person are what defiles him. It's an internal struggle. The fight is happening inside and comes out the outside. The author Philip Yancey recounts a personal story from the grandson of Mahatma Gandhi named Aaron. Aaron. Aaron got his driver's license after turning 16. And he took his father, and his father said, why don't you take me to town? I've got some meetings today. Drop me off, take the car to get it repaired, and then you can go hang out downtown all day. So he dropped him off, and his father said, be sure that you're back here to pick me up by 6 p.m. sharp. However, Aaron, in his first time in the big city, with his driver's license, started having fun. He was a half hour late picking up his father, and he looked at his dad when he finally picked him up a half hour later and said, sorry I'm late, father. The car took longer than I thought to have repaired. I had to wait a whole hour at the garage. That's why I couldn't get here at six, like you asked. What Aaron didn't know, and what so many few children do know, is that Aaron's father called the garage. And the car was already ready at 5 p.m. So not long after they drove out of the city, Aaron's father asked him to pull over to the side of the road. And he explained to his son that he knew the truth. I'm deeply troubled, he said. What would cause my son to lie to me? Have I failed as a father that my son would not trust me with the truth? I must reflect on this. So the father got out of the car and he walked the rest of the way home. He told his son to follow so he could have lights as the sun was setting and it was getting dark. It took six hours to get home, walking all the way home. His father's hunched back slowly on the road in front of him, Aaron driving the car at a snail's pace. He knew his father was a man of integrity if he said he was going to reflect on it, he was going to reflect on it all the way home. But Aaron remembers that his heart was broken that day. His core was broken that day. And he later testified, I never lied again after that. You see, it wasn't the law that made him not lie again. It was love. It was love that his father had for him that transformed his inner core and his inner motivation to match the external one. Amen.